Hello and welcome to episode 13 of Each Sold Separately, Collect Them All, an action figure podcast with me, Colonel Rain's Carr, and your friend and mine, Brian Charles Rooney. This week we have a very special guest from the Masters of the Universe and Horror Worlds. It is Danielle Galerter, Penny Dreadful herself, here to talk about her work in the He-Man fandom and all of the books and work she's done with Dark Horse Comics and other love she has for He-Man and horror. So please, sit back. Relax, and we'll be with you right after this. Skeletor, He-Man gone. The magic of Orko will be mine. Prince Adam, we gotta get out of here now. Skeletor, Orko, Prince Adam, and He-Man figures each soul separately. Help! Help, Prince Adam. Looks like a childhood He-Man. Yeah. It's on you, bone face. <laughs> yeah. Prince Adam and Orko with Coin Trick, new from the Masters of the Universe collection, each sold separately. Other action figures also sold separately from Mattel. Uh, hello, everybody. Welcome to Each Sold Separately. Collect them all. I believe this is episode 13 with me, Colonel Rain's car, and you're my friend, your friend and mine, Brian Charles Rooney. And Brian Charles Rooney, who do we have as a guest today? I'm very excited about Ooh, it. We have, for lucky number 13, ironically, which is a really good uh, coincidence, we have the wonderful Danielle Galerter. Uh, the the host of Penny Dreadful's Shilling Shockers. Uh, if you don't know what that is, look it up on Facebook and follow it. It's amazing. Um, get the DVDs. Get the uh, get them and and enjoy. Um, she is also an old friend of mine through the world of He Man and She-Ra. Uh, she is a a co contributor producer of the series of hardcover books by Dark Horse that have chronicled. Uh, Masters of the Universe over the last couple of years. Everything from the art of Masters of the Universe to the mini-comic collection to the newspaper strips collection, which is a special pet project of hers, I believe, and we'll talk about that. Um, she is also involved in the running and producing of PowerCon. She uh, has run many panels at PowerCon. She is a co-host of Roast Google Dinner, which is a Masters of the Universe, Princess of Power, New Adventures-specific fan podcast um which we um have mentioned before i believe um <laughs> if you haven't listened to them they're great uh it's it's always a fun time if you're a he-man or she-ra fan um and we welcome her this morning thank you for being here i'm so excited that you're here thanks guys Jeez, i need to i need to hire brian to, to do my publicity because that sounded <laughs> that was the best intro i've ever gotten on that was amazing I know. That was like, wow <laughs> I'm good at pushing other people. I it, I've learned had to learn that for my for my work, but I don't do it for myself very well. So I should uh, I should be other people's PR people or agent or something. Like, you don't, how can you, you not know that brilliance? You don't need PR. Your your talent speaks for itself. I was oh, looking at the picture. He was the the witch in uh, Into the Woods, and I was like, oh my god, that's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, that was like... pretty thrilling. I had played it in the fall in New York, and then we did this concert in Times Square at the Town Hall Theater, um, which is this really amazing venue, um, and it was packed. And I got to do a whole bunch of songs, like killer killer songs and last midnight from into the woods was one of them and like they asked me like we want you to open the show with that can you dress up in that garb and do your makeup for that song and i was like i guess so because i'll have time to change so i did it and it was just it was just so nice to do it for you know two thousand something people that was really cool that is um, that's awesome yeah with a full you know with a full orchestral backup which was really neat 
Very cool. Yeah, Very that's cool. awesome. All I did this week was go to the beach. Uh, you're doing way better than well, me. Well, you know what? That's that's not bad. <laughs> I, 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 that's almost a trade-off. Uh, I'm a little tired of New York at the moment. Yep. Um, yeah. I do um, live five minutes from a very beautiful Florida beach, so very nice. <laughs> well, Yankees, it's very yeah, nice well, down here. It's thank lovely. you for having me on. I love your show. I was listening uh, to your Universal Monsters discussion uh, the other day, and I, I absolutely loved it. I was re- reliving a lot of those memories myself as a huge uh, fan of classic horror myself. It was really cool to listen to you guys uh, talk about all the different monsters and different toy lines they came out with over the years. So that was really fun. Yeah, we're yeah, sorry. Really... Sorry, we didn't have you on to chat about it because yeah, was... a huge topic of discussion was you know horror host and how that was a huge deal for me <laughs> as a kid was watching horror host and the old great horror movies and Brian Charles Jr. is like, oh well, oops. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like I know one of those people. No, oh, that was... that's okay. I loved listening to it. It was great. <laughs> that was pretty dumb of me. Um, but we'll do another one. We, there's there's more than just one episode's worth of there Universal Monsters. Far more. There's lore. Far more. That's right. <laughs> well, we, we definitely brought you here. We're not going to talk about He Man or Shira. We brought you here to talk about Batman. <laughs> um, I love Batman. Which Batman fan? I'm all in for that. <laughs> that's my favorite. That's probably that's my favorite DC. Uh, character story too so yeah. we have yeah. that in common as well um, I'm a little outnumbered here today because though I did love He-Man and She-Ra as a, as a kid and I did um, get back into it with um, the uh, Cartoon Network C- uh, what was that one called? 2000X 2000X series, I did enjoy that I did collect those toys and the um, about the first few years of the classics line but after that it just that's it. My fandom doesn't run too deep, so I'm going to be definitely outgunned here by you guys who know way more than I do. <laughs> well, we'll just laugh at your silly questions. It's fine. It'll there be- we go. Who there is we go. Orko, and what does he have to do with Prince Adam? No, um, <laughs> um, that's a loaded question. <laughs> well, the first question I have for two He-Man nerds, uh, I'm sorry, aficionados. Two He-Man aficionados is uh, so. What do you think of those Mattel uh, San Diego Comic Con exclusives? Mm-hmm. Will you tell us what uh, they you are? can answer? BCR you answer do? first. Tell us what they are, and then tell me about them. Oh well, they are. Um, well, the one that was announced initially before they had a pre-order the other day was a new two-pack of 5.5-inch scale action figures. They are basically they are based on the original. For uh, vintage style, but they have added articulation at the knees and the elbows, which I had heard about ahead of time, and I thought, I don't think that's going to be a good idea. But now that I've seen it, I actually think it's kind of cool looking because it doesn't look all that ugly. There's a little bit of an issue with one of the elbow with the elbow, but otherwise, I think it looks great. And they, uh, it comes in this beautiful box with art by um, Axel Jimenez and did Daniel did Val did the colors. Um, it was uh, Axel uh, Nate Barch did the design oh, okay. for the for the package, and Val did the co- colors, I believe, on the um, on it. Yeah, right. Val so Staples, was... who's been who 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 does colors on he uh, he did Suicide Squad, didn't he? For yeah. DC, 
Yeah, yeah Dead, Dead Suicide Squad. He's done Deadpool for yeah. Marvel. He's done a lot of different comic. Yeah. His work is gorgeous. It's it's and he well on the and the 2000 X comic series obviously. Sure. Um, yeah. But this so this is a two pack of He Man and Adam, but it's the kind of mini comic uh, Adam with the blue vest and um, the weapons that they come with are very kind of early mini comic designs. Uh, and it's apparently the beginning of a new series called Masters of the Universe Origins, which is very exciting because they kind of posted a, uh, uh, an image of the early mini-comic versions of characters like uh, He-Man, Tila, Man-at-Arms. Uh, there's even an icon of King Randor with the white beard instead of brown. So it's definitely going back to those early comics, possibly even like the DC uh, style uh, in, in, in the past, the first wave of mini comics. Um, so I'm excited to see what they're going to do with that and how they're going to offer it. And then the other one was a surprise in the morning of the pre-order, which is a two pack of She-Ra and Shadow Weaver based on the new cartoon. And I had heard that they were going to be doing a retail, uh, or two different retail offerings for that show. Uh, and I suppose this is one of the one of those, like the beginning of one of those offerings. Um, and I really like how they turned out. They're very pretty. Yeah. Um, I like, <laughs> I don't, I, <laughs> that was a pregnant pause. Yeah. Whoa. All right. I was, then. I'm pondering what you were saying. Yeah. Uh, I think they're, they look great. Um, the, the origins, the two pack with Adam and he man, uh, I, I love the packaging that the, that, uh, Nate, uh, Axel and Val did in that little mini comic insert, which I think was written by Tim Seeley. Um, and then the figures look, uh, look, they look really cool. They're like, they look like vintage He-Man figures, mm -hmm. but they're, they're fully articulated. Uh, and I kind of like that they're going back to the uh, or very early roots of the brand with the, with the 1982 stuff, you know, with yeah. the Mark Taylor and Alfredo Alcala and the uh, the DC Comics miniseries. It looks like they're taking those very early um, aspects of Masters of the Universe and and going with that, which is interesting because over the last few years we've had a kind of a deluge of filmation stuff. Like it's been mm -hmm. all filmation, so now it looks like they're shifting gears, and it'll be interesting to see where where it goes. Um, you know, I'm not, uh, for me, classics was kind of the end all be all. I'm kind of like, it's such a massive comprehensive line that I find it difficult uh, to convince myself to jump into a whole <laughs> line. And yeah, it. sure, whatever. I know, I, can't, I, can't, I just can't see myself doing it, but maybe I'll pick one up. We'll see. Uh, and, mm -hmm. then, <laughs> and then the Shira figures look awesome. I think yeah. that I agree. They look really pretty and they look really cool. They're they're. I wasn't expecting shadow weaver to be like one of the first. I know Shira, that was like a surprise. Like I was expecting it to be Catra, uh, right. again, you know, I so it was smart actually, because I, she's yeah. not been made in toy version very much. I mean, until super seven, we didn't, you know, or, well, Mattel did their exclusive version for the the subscription yeah. and classics, but Super Seven has kind of <laughs> helped catch up. Yeah, um, they have the new they have a new uh, four inch um, or three and three quarter inch uh, figure coming of Shadow Weaver in reaction next week, and then they've had uh, you know they have the new Club Grayskull version coming, and uh, mm -hmm. there's their five and five point five inch one coming. So it's that's nice, but she's not really had a lot of toy representation over the years. No, which um, is crazy because she's I such know. a prominent character in the cartoon, you know. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So I thought they looked incredibly beautiful, but what this did you read this Mattel policy of how you're supposed to get these toys at Comic Con this year? <laughs> Classic Mattel, Mattel never ceases yep. to boggle my mind at San Diego no, Comic Con. So you pre-order uh, and then you you go to the con and you check in, but you don't get your toys. They just mail them to you in August. It but you can also wait online there and buy toys if you wanted to do that. So you don't win either way, really. The you... whole thing is so strange. Like I'm like, what? Like I don't, I don't understand that at all. <laughs> no. So can and you they... actually get them in person if you wait in line? Yes. Okay, so they will have toys at the convention. I see. I thought it was just you just ordered them and that was it. No. Okay, so no, you can have actually if in... you do the long waiting in line, <laughs> yeah. which we which we've done many years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the um, way they use. The way they used to do it was you pre-ordered it and then you picked it up. Yeah, at, and right, that was at it. The window, you know? yeah. It was fantastic. Yeah, it's now they changed it. I don't know why. So they're they probably go- don't want to hire people to run that room because that was always a huge undertaking. Like we would go up to that window, I, especially yeah. the last year that they did it that I was there. Um, mm-hmm. It was a. It had become a warehouse. Like in the hotel, they used yeah. like a ballroom, and it was a warehouse, and they had so many people working that. And yeah. it was just massive. So I, that probably cost them a lot of money. Yeah. I remember one year you uh, going with you. We I think we ate lunch at that hotel with Ted and mm-hmm. those guys. And we went over to pick up our whatever exclusive <laughs> was that year. You know, the dental, <laughs> Master Universe dental exclusive or whatever that oh, year was. Oh, God. Uh, yeah. Dentor. Yeah. Whatever that nonsense Molar. was. Yeah. Molar. Is that what it was? Molar. Yeah, Molar. Sorry, it was <laughs> yeah. so amazing that I've forgotten about it. Um, was that the year that Ted and I threw a fit? It was that different from a different year? <laughs> there was a year that Ted and I and another friend of ours went to pick up our stuff, and they had run out or something, and we had waited in line forever to pick up our pre-orders because it was i think the first or second year and they still hadn't worked out the Mm. kinks and they were like we don't have them and we're not sure when they're going to be back because the people running it aren't aware of what's going on and they're inside kind of rolling their eyes at the nerds who want their toys (laughs) um and we we kind of lost our minds because at that point there had been so much drama with mattel and it was just we were kind Mm -hmm. of full up on on the drama and um and and we we were at a point of of almost possibly having security come to to calm to calm the nerd rage. Oh my I mean, we were. I think this was a different right year, but I do remember this story. <laughs> yeah. I, I I did not know about this. Wow. You all started no, burning yeah. Scott Knightlick in effigy inside the hotel, <laughs> as I recall. Hell, in effigy, just do the real thing. <laughs> oh, I'm kidding. Nap, I'm kidding. Nap, Scott. <laughs> <laughs> That's why we got She-Ra figures. Oh, yes. <laughs> Finally. Oh, I got to talk about that. We got to talk. They got to talk about the. Uh... Oh, there's got to be an episode at some point about the inner workings and the information and all of that. The backstory, the backs, the back, the back talk, the um, the secret leaks, all of that. I'll have to do that one day. Stay tuned. So when you're old <laughs> like me, Brian Charles Rooney, you can oh, sit down. And, you. When you're old like me in two years, you can start doing that. <laughs> or I'm sorry, four years. I just aged you. Oh my God, sorry. Uh, when you're old like me soon, uh, you'll be able to do that. Um, but Danielle, tell me about what is your rela- how did you come into Masters of the, or you know Masters of the Universe fandom as a kid, or 
rediscovering it as an adult. I know Brian Charles Rooney's story, but what is your story um, in your relationship with Masters of the Universe? Um, the, I, I was first, uh, I found out about Masters of the Universe in 1982 uh, through the Castle Grayskull commercial, actually. And yeah, something about stuff. that commercial absolutely captivated me and, and just captured my attention in a big way because if you think about those commercials for toys in the 80s a lot of them were really like spastic really like loud mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and the castle grayskull commercial came on and it here was this i mean i was already geared uh, to like horror my uncle val introduced me to like his famous monsters of Filmland magazines awesome. and stuff like that, that. Awesome. so so the first thing i see is this castle this ominous castle with a skull <laughs> face on it and there's this timpani drum playing boom 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 yes. and there's this these horns and uh, and there was something very mysterious and epic about the commercial and the voice was peter cullen so very serious uh, you know kind of voice and you have these very colorful toys you have beast man this bright orange werewolf looking guy mm -hmm. and he man and it was just and he man looked cool you know and so i was like i don't know something about that caught my attention in a big way because it was very different and very mysterious and i'd go to the toy aisle in the store while my mom was shopping and i would just look at the box art for castle grayskull uh in particular and just it just had this misty otherworldly mm -hmm. quality to it and mm -hmm. i think yeah. uh, uh and it just really captured my imagination like what is going on in this world this is something very different and very mysterious and very other and i really like that and the toys were just very colorful there's something about very colorful toys i don't know what it is like he-man and i i think i liked he-man and strawberry shortcake for the same reason funny <laughs> enough because it was like this because like complete opposite ends of the spectrum but they were all very colorful and very different you know unique yeah. characters with the same mm -hmm. kind of body body types but very colorful and each one was very unique and so um eventually i got up the nerve to ask my folks to get me one of the figures and i got faker he was my first figure oh, in great 1983 he was the closest one on the shelf to he, he man wasn't there he man was hard to get around here for some reason i finally got him later but i got faker and then um i also had picked up an issue of the 1982 dc miniseries with he man so that was my introduction to prince adam and that was with the blue vest actually right. that was, that's the per first prince adam i remember and then the cart cartoon came along and unlike a lot of fans who started getting into it very early who kind of were turned off a little by the cartoon. I loved the cartoon. Oh, I, me too. Oh, gosh. I, I loved did too. It. I watched it every day for sure. Oh, yeah. It just <clears throat> catapult, catapulted my love because it, because it, I cared about the characters then. Like, it wasn't only cool yeah. toys. Like, these characters had relationships with each other and cared about each other. And thus, I think that's what made he-man i mean it was already successful but then the cartoon i think catapulted it to another level of popularity uh, definitely oh yes yeah. that was poignant. the same that's exactly you have the exact same experience that i had uh getting into mm -hmm. masters as a kid and my favorite was always prince adam because of the show and so yeah. my favorite classic figure from then was prince adam and i lost yeah. his belt at one point and went out mm -hmm. of my mind went out of my mind yeah, yeah. I think everybody I could never lost get another that one because it was it after was, he had already come out. <laughs> yeah. I, I waited and waited for that Adam. stinking figure. You know, I waited yeah. for that stinking figure forever, and they finally made him. 
And then I lost his belt about a year later. Uh, uh, <laughs> I remember I remember asking my mom to write a letter to Mattel asking to make a Prince Adam and a Queen Marlena wow. because they hadn't uh, done yes. either. And yeah. a sorceress. And um, we eventually did get all of them except Marlena. Except Marlena. Um, yeah. Yeah. But it, but yeah, strange. You would think they'd it, it, make her. You know, she's so important. Like, why didn't they make her? <laughs> right. It, it's it is strange. Um, but I I agree that the cartoon. I, I think it was a combo of just really good art, especially at that time. Um, really good voice acting for cartoons. I know that you know there's been some kind of ranking on that recently. Um, you know, because it was stylized for sure, but it was very honest, and it was, and the writing was really good. Um, you had, and you had these built-in lessons, which people, you know, who are fans yeah, know about people. Yeah. 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 <laughs> but it was really, I think, and I, I don't know if this is just my experience or not, but I feel like the He-Man fandom that grew up with that cartoon are more open-minded, more accepting, more sensitive to people, more, um, caring. I mean, there are a hand, small handful of very vocal nut jobs too, <laughs> Well, that's an any that's um, for yes. anything, of course. Yes, yeah. But um, we call those Ted Biaselli. No, yeah. um, <laughs> no. <laughs> listeners are like in Indonesia are like, who? Who's that? Look him <laughs> up. You know, just kidding. Um, yeah, he's gonna get a hate email. Um, no, no, no. Um, but yeah, I mean, there. I I think there was a a certain sort of wonderful conditioning and lesson teaching. Um, because of those shows, like things that you wouldn't necessarily hear, you know. Oh, I tell I mean, people. Other... I tell people all the time that I learned everything I needed to know from GI Joe and He Man, the little <laughs> things yeah. at the end of the shows, <laughs> and now you know. And knowing of, is um, half the battle. The yeah, and, and those kind of things. Yeah. Like I learned everything I needed to know from Prince Adam and from Roadblock, and you know, I'm good to go. I'm good to go because you can't trust shipwreck. Or no, Skeletor, or Beast Sailor. Trend, but I don't know where ship, Shipwreck's been, you know? We don't... You definitely <laughs> don't, don't know where he's been. <laughs> Shipwreck is kind of hot. That's not... <laughs> he was my favorite. He was one of my favorite. My all-time too. favorite is Shipwreck as well. I love Shipwreck and Polly the Bay. Um, totally. Yeah. <laughs> I agree with you, Brian. Like, I think I think um, Lou Scheimer infused a lot mm -hmm. of him himself into into that cartoon and and to orco in particular that's why i always oh, make yeah. me sad when i see if people say they don't like orco i'm like that's like saying you don't like lou like i know that's like that's... saying you don't like air to breathe well, how could you yes. not like orco that <laughs> exactly. doesn't even make sense well and the comedy the comedy they wrote and the stuff between alan doing cringer and um oh. and lou doing orco that's some really good stuff oh. Oh, totally. And then Prince Adam, too. Like, the three of them together. Just yeah, like, those were always my, my three favorite. favorites was those three. Same, yeah. oh, same yeah. here. Yep. Uh, and then when um, Secret of the Sword came out, I went with my sister Ooh. Maggie to see it. We saw the commercial or, like, yeah. the trailer for her. We're like, what is this? What is going right. on? What's going on? You know, on? this is like some big new thing is happening. We went to see it, and we lo both loved it. I still have my comic from the theater. It's like, He-Man mm -hmm. has a sister. Yeah, this is I remember. Yep. Yeah, like, it was so great, you know? It was like, so exciting. The whole theater was, like, screaming during that oh, yeah. when she first transforms, and I still get chills watching that episode oh. or that movie, which because it's in five episodes or a full movie. Yeah. Um, and, and when she first, when she's like, my brother's dying, and she, and she does it, it's like, oh, my God. 
yeah, yeah. Oh, so man. It was so oh. great. And there's this whole new, like, world added to, uh, like, another chapter to the story mm-hmm. added. Uh, and then, um, yeah, and I, I kept collecting the toys until... I think the last toy I got was the Sorceress. I kind of petered out after I got up all, up to 1985, the figures, and then in, around 86, um, I have, for some reason I just I kind of got more into like classic horror stuff. I started collecting yeah, some sure. of that stuff, and I would occasionally get a He-Man figure. I got the Sorceress, uh, and then things kind of disappeared for a little while, and then New Adventures came, and that was a what the hell moment. <laughs> you know that was. <laughs> What is this? You know, I was like... I was on board initially. I thought, oh well, they sort of match the Shira figures, so that's okay, I guess. Like the scale, uh-huh. and I was like, that's fine. And then I got Starship Attorney, and I expected it to be this amazing playset, and it was Add just that? wow. Oh yeah, and I was like, this is like you um, should have gotten the other one because it is an amazing playset. <laughs> Which one? The oh, other the play first set. one. Oh, I had that. I no, had the other that, one. Please. No, no, no. The other. The, no. What's the other playset for that line? Nord- for New Adventures. Nordor. Oh, Nordor. Nordor. Yeah. That that Nordor. was not available yeah, that's a really when cool I was. Set. I never saw that in the store. I have it now, and it is cool. Mm-hmm. It's, a, it's if you have the chance to get that playset, even if you're not into He Man, that's a cool it's set. It's really it's cool, and it folds up into a moon. It's really it's amazing. And but, what it yeah. means is if you have the chance to get it for under five hundred dollars, right? Uh, then <laughs> yeah. you could. They used to be oh, 10, 15 years ago. You could get those all day long for two hundred bucks, and now you could forget it. Yeah, I, even, yeah. I think I paid sixty for mine. Yeah, oh yeah. I mean, you, you yeah. should be able to get that for nothing, and now wow. it's yeah. over five hundred. I think. Wow. It's grown yeah. on me. Like I like it now. I watch. I have all the cartoons on DVD. I watch them all. I have some of the toys. I, I, I. At the time, I saw the toys on the shelves. I liked Optic. I thought he was cool. Oh but yeah, I, he's the coolest one. Uh, yeah, and I. But the, some of the other ones, the color combinations were very ugly to me. Yeah, <laughs> like, they was are. That late eighties, eighty nine, ninety. That just Ugh. awful. Every all, every toy from that 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 Yuck. that those couple of years are so terrible. It's like bronze and pale pink together. Like I. Right. What are these colors? Like, oh, yuck. The vehicles, the vehicles had good color combinations because they were kind of more um, yeah. primary colors with not as much of that. Like, I remember when Crayola released, a, um, they had their marker set and they released like pastel marker. And then they had this other marker set that was like bold or something. It was this uh-huh. weird alternate colors version. And, it, and yeah. that palette was kind of what they were using for new adventures. <laughs> and it was not pretty. It was yeah. just not attractive. Yeah. Not at um, all. And the no, cartoon and... was awful at the time. I was like, I t- tuned into the cartoon and I was with my sister, Maggie, and we were like excited because we're like, oh, He-Man's coming on, new He-Man <laughs> cartoon. And we turned it on and I was like, what? <laughs> no. no, I, I <laughs> no. didn't even I didn't even see it. It wasn't even, I don't think it was on TV or I didn't even know it was on TV. Yeah. And I didn't see any episodes except for the videos that came with a couple of the toys. Uh-huh. Other than that, I didn't, I didn't know about it. Um, it's not at a weird time, like Sunday morning at like you know eight a.m. Seven thirty. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I ever. I was like when that one came out. I think I was fourteen years old, so I don't think I ever saw that one. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. and yeah. I don't know if I've ever seen it to this day. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, it's but tough. I do have about <laughs> half the toy line because I do like the toy line. The toys are good, and especially like the, the classics. The classics. Right. 
are awesome. Like I right, wish they complete it. You know, the characters are great. Like they they fit in the world fine, and mm-hmm. and the the four horsemen did a really great job of sculpting the, yeah, them. The like the, like really having Flipshot, you know, in classic scale, and Mara, yeah. who was yes. never made in the vintage. She's that Mara figure. I think is one of the best figures in that line. I agree. I agree. She's yeah, beautiful. And then Krita, yeah. um finally having a she's a she's like the evil Lynn of the new adventures um right. i mean not not anywhere near as cool but but <laughs> fills that slot she's like the eight ultimate 80s uh totally version of yeah she's like the big hair and the light yeah, warmth she's like a, a reject from from gem who like yes. didn't make the band and was like I did yes. it, and she goes to space hot she's pink dress i love totally. i love Frida. um yeah the the new adventures i think that was the problem i think that's the first first Mattel big misstep is that they tried to go with a very drastic departure yeah. uh, from Masters of the Universe. And it's like they should have they should have really segged into that a bit better and kept some of the visuals um, mm-hmm. and sort of keeping with the original stuff. It was a very big departure. Uh, and um, after that, I kind of He-Man disappeared after New Adventures ended. He-Man disappeared for almost 10 years. Mm -hmm. And in the inter, like at the time, I guess in the early now, you go into the mid 90s uh, and the internet comes around. I remember the internet came to my university. uh, And one of the first things I looked up, if not the first thing, was He-Man. And uh, I found there was very little out there, but I found the very early version of the Adam Tyner website. Uh, And I was like, wow, this is crazy. There's a guy named Adam who runs a He-Man website. This is really cool. (laughs) And so I started writing to Adam and I sent him pictures of some of the stuff I had. And uh, uh, he started, there was a mailing list that came, I think it was Jason Moore started up this mailing list, which I signed up to in 1996. That's my God. Guardians of Grayskull mailing list and this was the very early days of the fandom and that was there was no I mean people complain today like uh, uh, I've seen fans complaining about not enough of this and not enough of that at that time there was zero no there was nothing Mm -hmm. nothing nothing at all like zero stuff like I mean and the fans were keeping it alive it was fanfic fan uh discussions and who should play he-man in a movie Kevin Sorbo it was like this I remember this big discussion about (laughs) Kevin Sorbo playing he-man it was a really fun time to be a fan because it was like the very early everybody was kind of finding each other it was kind of like right oh my oh my god there are other people i know i miss those early days this. i miss you know? those early days yeah like very early use net groups well, and things right when oh, the yeah. internet was actually fun <laughs> <laughs> yep <laughs> <laughs> and now it's and now it's like the National Enquirer that has turned into a cyborg monster, and yeah, it's very different. Uh, it really is. Ve- it's a very different world, a uh, cyber world. It's yeah. some- sometimes I just kind of want to just unplug yes. for a for like a year and not use the internet for a year. But we've I become so reliant. Too. Yeah. Well, and and the good part is that you end up becoming friends with people, and it's real easy to communicate. And that yeah. that is probably the best part of it that and like spreading good information buying things that you need fast oh yeah i mean the last 25 years i've met so many incredible people toy people specifically because that's you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) that's my whole life and um just i've met so many incredible toy people through the internet and through toys um 
Uh, did you guys ever use uh, action figure times way back then? Did you all ever do the uh, forums on action figure times? That, uh, I don't know if that, that sounds was one familiar. of the old what? action figure like discussion sites from like the mid '90s to the early 2000s. The, the one I used was Rec Toys Misc, which was a. I remember that one too. Yeah. Yeah, I used mm -hmm. that, and I bought a lot of stuff during that time. I was buying a lot of stuff during. I don't remember. I don't know if I used that site you just mentioned though. Yeah, it was. I mean, See, it was, I. I Oh, no, it was ahead. Daniel Pickett and those guys. Oh, yeah. Um, yes. Okay. They, they were yep. some of the early people on that those sites. Um, all of those guys that are now on Action Figure Insider and, you know, mm -hmm. all those other yeah. sites. Um, they were mm -hmm. sort of some of the early ones. Uh, I think Jason Geyer yeah. and it's just a bunch of some of those guys. Uh, I'm friends with all those people. Yeah, now. you're friends <laughs> with them all on Facebook now. Yeah, yeah. Like, those were some of the early people. Like Daniel yeah. Pickett and I realized we worked in the same building because of that website. No kidding. Weird. Wow, you want to trade? Wild. Oh, wait, you're three floors down from me because we both no worked at Disney kidding. together at the time. Oh, my wow. God. That's so cool. See, that's, that is that is that is a, a, a good thing about the internet. That's just well, and so now cool, his, his you know? wife works at Mattel. So it's, it's no, all she? in the family. That's hilarious. Uh, wow. That's wow. But she yeah, is I, not my secret leak. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, she's not. Um, she's awesome. not my source. She's, um, a, she's one of them. No, no, no. no, no. I've never, I have never taken advantage of that with her. Just, I, I love her, but she, that is not something I would do. Um, no. Um, yeah, for me, the um, I was too poor to have a computer, so internet only became available in college. Yeah, I, that's what I did. I used, I used it in yeah. the library of college. Yeah, that's the only and one that, that had high speed or you know decent speed internet. Yeah, yeah. and it was those alt dot whatever mm -hmm. groups, message yeah. groups, um, and it was for me it was initially you know <laughs> beyond like being a gay person and looking for dates, um, <laughs> like quote unquote <laughs> dates. Um, the, the internet was useful for that too. So it was like, but I didn't find the like the the He Man group um, until after college um and that was like boom a whole new world i mean it, it it was it changed it changed my life i know that sounds insane and people are like you pathetic loser with your toys but it really did change my life it it it, it awarded me friends for life and um experiences that i will never forget you know at comic cons at power con other trips you know I have friends now that visit and we go toy hunting and, and it's just, um, it's a beautiful thing. And so that all is rooted in love for He-Man and She-Ra, at least for me and a lot of the people I've met that way. Absolutely. I mean, it was very, I was also heavily involved in the dark, uh, in the dark shadows fandom. Cause sure. I'm a huge fan of dark shadows, the, the original series, not the Johnny Depp, uh, abomination, <laughs> uh, so which weird. We, will, we shall not speak of. Yes. <laughs> it oh was my God. awful. But anyway, um, I, uh, but that was very, that's an older fandom. It was very much a paper based fandom. So you would order fanzines yep. and newsletters, <laughs> right? So he man was, like the cyber version of that and it turned in and I, I made so many good friends like brian through like i met brian through that online fandom you know mm -hmm. like i mean I, I met so many great people through that and over the years um it evolved and uh he sort of came out of that with val staples taking 
kind of taking that over uh, from Matt Ratzloff and Adam Tyner, who had combined their websites, and then Val kind of took that over uh, and at, and the early 2000s. Uh, and I had kind of, I was on the mailing list, and then I kind of, kind of went and did my own thing for a while. Uh, I was, you know, I was just I, I lost internet access for a while. I moved out to California. I was studying theater out there for a, for a bit. I met my future husband. Um, and so when I came back, I got back online. And this was in the early 2000s, maybe 2002. And uh, he, the He-Man fandom had really blossomed uh, because the 2000X stuff was happening with the new toy line and the new cartoon coming and I was really excited it was a very exciting time to be a fan of He-Man mm-hmm. because because there's like He-Man was back in a big way uh cuz that uh, He-Man was kind of uh, out of the public eye for a while and it was coming back so um I jumped back into it and through that I I started I became friendly with uh Val on He-Man.org and that eventually led to all kinds of cool stuff. Like Val got me involved in the podcast and PowerCon, mm-hmm. the He-Man books, the writing the bios for the packages of the toys, uh, and I mean, just like lots of different stuff. I got to work on something that I loved growing up, I, which I never would have imagined. Like that just never even occurred to me that I could work on He-Man, and I've done stuff on it now, and it's just really like cool to to. You have that feeling of like, wow, I contributed something to something. Yeah, definitely. My gosh. Well, and it's been fantastic. Like you, you, the bios you mentioned, there have been through the classics line through Mattel, there were bios on the back of every card for each figure until the very end. They kind of when when Scott Knightlick left, they Mm -hmm. stopped doing that. And then with Super 7, they stopped doing it initially. Or did they? I don't I'm trying to remember if that. Um, they picked it like Mattel. Oh, they did pick it back up, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. But you, in the meantime, have worked to fill in the gaps because there were a whole bunch of releases that didn't have a bio, um, mm-hmm. and there have been kind of you've taken the initiative to do bios for things like Diamond Ray of Disappearance, which you just revealed, and um, the the Eldritch book. Um, you did one of those, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. It was uh, uh, me and Eric Marshall. Eric right. Marshall is my co-writer, so we both split the bios, and we he writes half, and I write half of them. And uh, he, Eric is wonderful, and he is, and he's a wonderful artist too. He's, he is. Um, yeah. Gbagok on on the uh, <laughs> Yes. Don't know that. Um, who, who would know yeah. the org? Um, but yeah, and he's a wonderful person. Um. I, I've just really enjoyed how detailed those have been, but they're not heavy-handed that way. So if like you're not a if you're a casual fan, they're just great stories. If you are a mega fan, there's like an Easter egg in every line, which is fantastic to read. Um, oh, and if much. and if people out there want to read them, they are on heman.org. There's a mm-hmm. thread that that's uh, there's like a Monday reveal of mm-hmm. a new bio. Um, I really want them all to be collected in some kind of book. Um, mm-hmm. I think, it, you know, when, if collect, you know, collector's choice classics line ever ends, um, there should absolutely be a collection of those because it's a really great source of information and it's a huge story and it kind of fills <laughs> in a lot of the, the, uh, the holes that we have always wondered about. Yeah. Well, um, Scott, Scott Knightlick had been writing them for, for seven years. So, right. When we got hired 
to do the job to take over the packaging uh, bios. Um, we were seven years into that, and it was kind of like we we went back and forth and like, should we reboot this entire thing? Or uh, and it, we were so far in at that point that it didn't make sense to do that. So sure, uh, the directive was basically continue it from where it left off. Uh, right. And so that's that's kind of what what we went with with that. And as we progressed with that, we on the packaging, we also were able to start doing the digital bios for online. And those were we got those approved by Mattel. Uh, and so we decided, hey, let's write bios for like everything, like all kinds of accessories and uh, give some of the three packs like the Star Sisters and uh, the Fighting Foam Men only had like one bio for all three characters. Like, well, right. each, one of, each one of them deserves their own <laughs> right. bio. So let's let's write their each of their little little histories and adventures that they have. So uh, we've been having a we had a, a, just a ton of fun writing. I mean, we've written geez, over 100 of those bios oh, wow. at this point. Yeah. Oh, my yeah. goodness. So that's been really fun. What's the next one? Can you tell me? That's coming out on Monday. Yeah. Uh, the Monday bio that's coming out is uh, uh, for the Zodak that came in the DC two pack with the Green Lantern figure. Oh right, yeah. Because because we went back and um, that bio that was on that package was just a reprint of the Zo of Zodak's bio from his single card release. Right. So we were like, well, let's write a bio a unique bio a different bio for that zodak and what happened to Zodak? because scott killed zodak off in the in the bios so yeah. we're like uh. or did he is zodak really dead right What's well this? you've you've done a lot of really wonderful work correcting things and i don't mean correcting things to be mean but i i know there was a there was a rumor about you know why Scott was killing off so many people because there was going to be this kind of resurrection of the dead thing and a big battle and yeah, zombies were extremely hot because of Walking Dead and I think he was kind of buying into that idea. Yeah. Um, and it's and you know you have and then in the like one of the last mini comics for classics you have the the resurrection of Skeletor as a zombie and it was like what okay no. we don't need to kill everybody like I, I know that people die I get it. One or two people is fine, but not half the favorites. <laughs> you, like, you know, what? you want to know who he was go who who he was going to kill next? Catra. Catra was going to get killed by Storm. <laughs> Storm Why? was going to turn on Catra and and kill Catra. Well, that's interesting You're... because we never got a Storm. Even yeah. It was sort of planned and then he kept pushing it back and pushing it, it back and... Uh, it was in the road. So Poor mad. Scott. He's sitting in a bus station uh, drinking whiskey right now listening no, to I, this I, podcast. I really and honestly, the line, the line wouldn't exist if it. No, it wouldn't. It, yeah, and he's so. he's a master salesman. I I everyone thinks I hate him, and I, nobody knows that I had like many many discussions with him that were wonderful and friendly. Yeah. And he kind of got it. He never. There were people that would try to like leak information, and he would he would immediately pounce on them. He never did that to me, because mm -hmm. I was always kind of careful, and I just made sure it wasn't super super spoilery. Um, but it, he, he was very receptive usually. I mean, you know, he had his issues and people, yeah. uh, may have but justified he, frustration, but he was, he was masterful at getting people to buy those toys. And he's a nice guy. Like yeah, I went, oh, I, yeah. I went to Mattel one time to, uh, I went with Val to Mattel and he had, 
early samples of Sweet Bee and Tongue Lasher way, well before they were released to the right. public. And he gave he gave them to me. He was like, here you go. You know, like, yeah, he was just he could be like really nice like that. So and like, you didn't send her to me. <laughs> I, I posted, I'm I posted, so a, I posted a picture. Oh, I <laughs> think I enough? remember. I think I remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Sweet Bee was like my my most wanted. Um, yeah. Until she was released, and then they you couldn't turn her head, and I was like, "This is garbage." Um, but uh, yeah, that was. Uh, but well, anyway, the, the, enough of my therapy about He-Man drama. Um, you have worked. I wanted to talk about the newspaper strip book because that's I know been a, a passion project for you. Um, I remember you did a panel at PowerCon a couple of years ago um, with some of the authors. Uh, was there also one of the artists? Yes. There, I can't, yeah. Yep. Um, and it was really interesting because it's a whole bunch of stories that I had never heard about or never known, and they're quite good. And now there's a, a you know, a, a, a volume that collects them. Um, and I think you've even mentioned there are more that you've discovered. Yes. Mm -hmm. Which is exciting. Yeah. Um, so I'm just wondering if you could talk about how that process Absolutely. was for you. Yeah. Um, well, you're not alone in, in not having seen those stories. Most, the majority of fans, I would say 99.9% .9 of the fan base uh, had either not seen those stories or they just were not aware of them. And mm -hmm. uh, in the 80s and into the 90s, from 1986 to 1991, there was a, a He-Man newspaper comic strip. Uh, it ran for four and a half years, and there were over 1,600 strips produced, daily and Sunday strips. Uh, it was a joint venture between Mattel and Filmation. Uh, so the people that worked on it were all Filmation writers and artists. And the strip was syndicated to newspapers uh, all over the world. Uh, it ran in the United States, but it also ran in Brazil and in uh, Greece and in India. Uh, all over the place. Uh, so uh, I knew about the strip. I think I found out about it in the 90s uh, because I saw somebody selling some on eBay and it always kind of stuck with me. I was like, huh, that's interesting. There was a He-Man newspaper strip. Uh, right. and, and I just figured that over the years that they would surface and they'd wind up all on the Internet. And they really never did. Uh, other than I think He-Man.org had some really bad scans of some of the uh, the early strips uh, in their uh, publishing section, um, the, the, the whole newspaper strip never really surfaced. And so it, I kind of, it started to stick with me. I'm like, fans are talking about Filmation and the 87 movie and all these different versions of Masters of the Universe, but they're, they, nobody has ever seen this strip. So um, I'd been talking to Val about finding them and putting releasing them on heman.org and my plan was to start searching for them uh, and right at around this time we uh, you know I tracked down the writer Chris Weber uh, of the newspaper strips and he's mm -hmm. married to Karen Wilson who was the editor they worked for filmation they wrote some couple of filmation episodes of Human and Shira and they also did the strip. So we invited them as guests to PowerCon. And Chris told me, oh, I have a, I have a bunch of those, these at my house. I kept a bunch oh my of God. them and albums. And I was like, oh, Holy cow. That, can I come and see them sometime, you know, and, <laughs> and scan them? Could I scan them? And he was like, absolutely, sure. He was, they were, they're super friendly, nice people. Yeah. So, so um, I guess it was 
2015, uh, I talked to Val and I'm like, let's go to their house and scan stuff, you know? So we bought a scanner at San, we went, met at San Diego Comic-Con, we bought a scanner and then we hung out in California for about a week. We went to Chris and Karen's house and just started scanning newspaper strips at their house. Um, and at around this time, the Dark Horse stuff was brewing and Dark Horse was doing the art book. And um, Val and I were uh, advisors on the Dark Horse Art of He-Man and the Masters of the Universe book. We came on board as advisors. And as we were scanning the strips at Chris and Karen's house, Val and I got to talking and I said, hey, wouldn't it be cool if they did a book of these strips? You know, like you know, now that Dark Horse is in the picture, maybe they'd want to do this. So. You know, Val, I think, I think Val did a poll on human.org to see what was the thing you want the most. Uh, right. And one of, one of the top things was the newspaper strips because nobody had seen them. So we made it, we, he pitched it to Dark Horse. Dark Horse was, was interested, very interested in it. And they approved, they greenlit the project. So we proceeded to, tr uh, Chris and Karen had about, I guess, two years worth of the story. Okay, because in the they were getting it in Los Angeles from the uh, Los Angeles Herald Examiner, I think it was, and they stopped carrying the strip as at some point. So we were like, okay, we have to find the rest of this. There are like two and a half years left of this newspaper strip. So we started reaching out to people in different parts of the world, looking on microfilm. Um, we found fans in other parts of the world. We had this guy, Ranak, in India, who we flew down to uh, a library. Uh, I forget if it was Bangkok or something. And he was he was scanning strips with his mother in the library <laughs> there because they kept the physical copies of the Sundays. Uh, we I reached out to the I call I speak Portuguese, so I, I called the newspaper O Globo in Brazil and uh, spoke to one of the editors there and asked them if they could get us newspaper strips because they carried a ton of this almost the entire strip so uh you know back a lot of back and forth they were going to charge us money it was like the whole thing turned into like this crazy uh, uh hunt it was like an indiana jones crusade uh, going all over the world trying to find these strips we brought in dusan mitrovic who works with james etok he's doing the return of faker with james dusan um helped us do a lot of the restorations. Leanne Hanna, we brought her in to help us do the restorations on the strips because some of the quality was so-so. Uh, we flew down to the Library of Congress. We were pulling microfilm all weekend with Eric Marshall and scanning microfilm to try to find all the pieces of, I mean, we're 60... If you think about like over 1,600 individual comic strips wow. and spread out over all these different newspapers, it was crazy. Like I was keeping track of like all the papers that carried the strip and, and more were surfacing. So um, at the end of the day, we acquired about, I think it was 98% of the strip. We were missing, I think at the time, 35 out of over 1,600 strips. Uh, and we just couldn't find those. And a lot of the strips we had were were from other countries, so they weren't in English. But luckily, Chris Weber kept the scripts that he had. He wrote scripts, like movie-type scripts, for each of the newspaper storylines that he wrote. So he kept all of his scripts. So we were able to photocopy all of those and transpose the text from his scripts into uh, the dialogue balloons, the word balloons. So Val hired somebody to help do that. 
and recre- also uh, recreate the font so that it looked like Chris Webb, uh, Gerald Fortin, the artist's handwritten font. So there was a like it was just an, a very intensive process, and a lot of pieces had to come. Uh, together to, for this to happen, and uh, eventually, you know, we we were able to put together this book, uh, and we were missing thirty five strips. But then, since then, more than half of them have been located. So oh, we're still wow. that's great. Yeah, yeah, we're still missing a few, but we've got almost all of them now. We're still missing, uh, I think, fourteen. Uh, uh, out of the 35 uh, but we have quite a few of them and we've gotten a lot of the Sundays some of the Sundays toward the end of the run we couldn't find in color we only had black and white versions of those uh, but we found color versions of those uh, black and white Sundays so uh, things keep turning up all the time and if anybody's listening to this and the newspaper strip ran in your newspaper when you were growing up please drop uh, Reigns or Brian a line and I'm sure that they can put you in touch with me and we can uh I'd love to hear from you because I'd still love to find the rest of those strips and maybe we can do a a complete reprint someday. Um, For the missing ones, we were able to sort of synthesize summaries based on the scripts. So you don't you still know what happens in those days where the strips are missing. So if there's a day missing, we have like a little synopsis of what happened that day, sort of like a lost episode and like a Doctor Who DVD, you know, where they recreate the episode. It's kind of like that. So, uh, yeah, so that's available. uh, I think it's still on Amazon and stuff. So it's a really cool storyline. I'm just impressed that you were able to find that many of them all over the world. That's unbelievable that you were able to use resources from all over the world to create that <laughs> that book my god power, incredibly incredibly resourceful the power of obsession it's my <laughs> my, my degree my master's degree in english being being used for he-man is what it, that's because we had to do my i had this draconian uh, English professor. She was awesome and absolutely brilliant her name was Yadwiga Smith i love Yadwiga Smith but she was crazy she would send us on these what she'd call treasure hunts and she'd just print out this paper with a list of things you had to locate right and they were and you're you they were like things that were not on the internet she would make sure you could not find them you had to dig in the stacks up in the library for a book from 1934 to find one sentence that she wanted you to find in this book she'd give you give you like hints in the treasure hunt so uh so i was like i think i was just that was drilled into me like you were trained you were trained for this see but that's that's a good skill because a lot of people don't know how to do that i mean just in general if you're if you're researching anything for a you know any sort of compendium or volume of of information (laughs) or stories or whatever you do need that type of skill well, she, anyone she anyone under was... twenty five listening to this podcast uh, is asking themselves, "What's a library? Yeah, What's a yeah. stacks? The card catalog? Yeah. What's if a she... scanner? What are yeah, stacks? If, if Yadwiga yeah. knew, if Yadwiga knew that I used those skills for He Man, she would retroactively give me an F. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> She'd be like, Danielle, I can't believe you've used this to do comic strips. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> I kind of want to meet her. She sounds oh, she's sounds awesome. Great. Interesting. Awesome. Great. Character study for sure. <laughs> um. I saw her actually. I teach now. I saw her last. Uh, it was last, not last semester. The semester before, I ran into her in the hallway, and she said, "Oh, Danielle, 
you look great. The last time I saw you, you looked rather haggard. So you- <laughs> <laughs> well, she's honest. Thank you she? for That's your nice. honesty. Thank you. That's nice. Thank you. <laughs> honest or blind. <laughs> One of the two. You looked rather haggard. I, I love that. That's a uh, fine descriptive so. word there. Yes. That's yeah. really funny. Um, so you, and you've, you've worked on you've worked on other books in that series and yeah you can get them on if you search Amazon for Dark Horse and Masters of the Universe they all come up and they often have sales so anybody listening who doesn't have them they're beautiful books they're hardcover they're really well produced um, get them all because they're worth having um, guide. you have to if you're a yeah. human fan even if you're a casual fan, you have to get the character guide and world compendium. <laughs> Reigns. Yeah. Oh, uh-oh. Reigns Christmas uh-oh. present. I, I really, yeah, actually, I really, they do sound amazing. I was sitting here going, boy, when can I buy those? Those sound pretty that, great. <laughs> that book is like the He-Man Encyclopedia, the character guide and world compendium. really great. Any, if you're, like, not familiar with it, like, I want to know what, he, what He-Man was like in the, you know, the mini comics, or I want to know what Shiro did in the 2012 DC comics from Eternity War. It's all in that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's like a very comprehensive encyclopedia, which was even more work than the newspaper strip book. That book. Oh, almost, I'm sure that was I nuts. I didn't the... even want to talk about He-Man after that. I was like, I get I a, <laughs> a long break from He-Man. <laughs> I've definitely been meaning to revisit He-Man because I know there's such a passion in having hung out with Brian Charles Rooney now in all these episodes, and he does nothing but talk about She-Ra. Um, I talk about other things. No, you don't. It's always I this G.I. Joe toy. It's kind of like that time in She-Ra. No, it's kind of like that She-Ra figure. I absolutely do not do that. I get my fill of She-Ra. I like other things no, too. There's no such thing as a fill of She-Ra. The That's only, true. Well, there you go. The only other thing we talk about is strawberry shortcake. So I'm, I'm glad yeah. you brought that up earlier. Because oh, we're both huge strawberry shortcake fans as well. <laughs> well, because those are action figures. They just have smelling clothes, and they are absolutely action figures. They're amazing. Yes. And they're beautiful. But no, well, I had they... been meaning to get back into it. And since I was sadly not able to get Snake Mountain, then I'm just going to have to, you know, play with uh, somebody's when they get one. Um, <laughs> you what are get... you guys, uh, or what, Daniel, what are you excited about um, going on in the toy line right at this moment? Are you still collecting the Super 7 releases? Um, are you still avidly collecting the toys? Uh, uh, are you excited about any of the other things besides sort of the classic six-inch style? Or you said it, uh, Snake Mountain. Um, that's I'm really excited about that, uh, and mm-hmm. I'm so I'm so psyched that's actually going to happen. Like uh, I, I wasn't sure if if the crowdfunding thing was going to to work for Snake Mountain, and it, it went through. Uh, it went pretty easily. Yeah. It seems like yeah. so. Yeah, uh, have any problem. It was all thanks to us for having Brian Flynn on our podcast. I'm that's sure. Right. That's yes. right. That's <laughs> right. Yes. <laughs> you know what? I'm sure that actually helped quite a bit. Well, we have you know? listeners that's... in 50 countries. I don't know if most of those countries could order it, but you know, yeah. <laughs> Brian did his best. Yeah, I think I... Brian also had a crunch time because, you know, Mattel was revving up for that movie and they wanted to kind of yeah. tighten the reins on any company that has a license. So there was, I think, a lack of time to prepare the shipping options and that really um that may have you know lessened the potential sales of that set but Mm -hmm. you know he did i think he did a lot of really hard work trying to find options for um 
a lot of different areas of the world. Hey, you but, want a specialty toy? It's going to cost money. There's nothing you can do. Yeah, it's under $1,000. That's, that's all you can ask for. Yeah, it's under $1,000 is all you can ask for. I do feel bad because I know there are a lot of fans in South America and in yeah. South in South Africa. Uh, those are those are two, especially South America is a, a big hotspot for He-Man mm -hmm. and, and Central America, Mexico, and they were having a very difficult time getting that Snake Mountain. Uh, I think Entertainment Earth or Big Bad Toy Store might ship there, but it's pretty expensive. Mm -hmm. um, so there, it's challenging for some folks. But hopefully they'll they'll be able. Everybody who I hope everybody who wanted one was able able to get one i'm excited about that excited about the upcoming movie line movie wave of figures we finally got the movie characters and yes. classic style that's that's really cool um power con figures coming up uh dan pixel dan just did his reviews of those i'm looking forward to f completing the 88 wave of characters the starburst she-ra looks amazing the big doll that yeah. they're doing um outside of that I, like I said, I would. There are so many characters that I'd like to see made in classics, that it kind of breaks my heart to think that. I don't know. There are all these rumors flying around that classics is ending, or that they're phasing it out, and that they're because the movie's happening and Mattel is kind of taking back the reins on everything, and yeah. they're going to be focusing very much on this early days of He-Man for this toy line, They're the Netflix She-Ra cartoon, um, and so in the movie, the He-Man movie, um, that it feels like classics is sort of the one thing I really want is more classics and the mm -hmm. thought the thought of that ending without characters like um, the Twiggets or Hunga the Harpy or Lady Slither or, or Miro. The, Mir King Miro. <laughs> The 2000X King Miro, that, yeah. I, I mean, no-brainer. The rest of the new adventures, vintage figures. Right. Uh, you know, there That'd are so many. Yeah. yeah. There are so many con uh, characters I'd like to get. Concept characters like Joya that was yeah. never made. Um, so. Josh. I would, <laughs> Josh. <laughs> I would, oh, totally. I would buy Josh in a heartbeat. Did you see Somebody, Axel, uh, Axel Jimenez's design for Josh with and yeah. comes with Kaula and the little figure concept? Yeah. He did? Somebody somebody made a co uh, a custom of that. If you said Josh is a character oh. from uh, Across the Crystal Light Barrier, which was the first mini comic in the second wave of She-Ra Princess of Power toys. It's yeah. which it's the one that introduces Starburst She-Ra, and he's like the random friend of Bo and Glimmer. But yeah. he's like dressed in a cool, uh, you know, rebel outfit and kind of people kind of made a story for him over the, the decades. Like, mm -hmm. is this Bo's friend? Is this yeah. <laughs> you know, is Glimmer's friend? Is he, I know. Who is Eric he? wrote him. Eric wrote, Eric Marshall wrote him into a bio, an upcoming yes. bio. He is going to be in a, in a bio that's coming up. That's um, good. Yeah. Um, and. I, I don't know. There's such a, so many characters. I mean, the line could go on and on and let yeah. I, it w it's inevitable that it's not going to last forever, but it's such a legacy line at this point. Um, mm -hmm. Sort of like a Marvel Legends that mm -hmm. I would just love to love to see it keep going in the background of whatever else. Is right. Going, you know, yeah, even yeah, if you I only get I, three or four or five figures a year, it'd still be worth exactly. it moving along. Totally. You know? Yeah, I mean, there was not even a Starburst She-Ra made. It's like not having Battle oh. Armor He-Man for a She-Ra fan. I mean, I she was the first vintage variant, and we have the doll coming, but it's not the same. It's you know, it's great, but it's not the figure and wow. i i agree i think having that in the background because i don't know that there would be any of this new stuff had there not been classics and there had had there not been this fandom buying classics and kind of helping yeah. helping the brand stay alive and i don't uh -huh. know that it serves mattel 
to scorch, you know, have this scorched earth kind oh, of policy yeah. is just get rid of everything and we want to see how our thing does. It's like, uh, your thing is going to do fine. Have you guys met and Mattel thing- people from Mattel before? <laughs> that's a good point yeah yeah they're they're still stuck in the in the 1958 sometimes or or they leave right away like that's another thing about that company is that there's very much a revolving door so you get somebody who says yes to something and then you know a year later they're not there well maybe you'll get lucky in smaller companies like super seven will get to continue like with that scale yeah Mm. yeah um which would hopefully be really nice there's no there's no way that something like there's no there's no conflict of interest when you're releasing famous characters like man-at-arms and tila and skeletor and beast man that it's going to compete with something like king miro or sagittar right those are apples and oranges it's two very different things so i don't understand why i'm not saying this that they're ending classics i'm just based on the speculation Mm -hmm. Uh, and i happen to know that there is there are at least ideas for keeping uh, classics going in various capacities. So I I think people want, there are people who can make things happen that want classics to continue, but it's all dependent on what Mattel wants, right? I mean, uh, Mattel is makes the final call on stuff uh, and for media, Universal does. So um, there are We'll see. We'll see what happens. I, I honestly, I, I know you're, you're laughing me off, Brian, but I honestly <laughs> don't know if I, I can't. I, I have this beautiful collection of, of 300 figures, and it's like, am I going to start a new line of, of figures? I'm, I don't know. I don't think so. The answer on this podcast is always <sighs> yes. Yes, I yes, will start yes, a new line. Yes. And yes, yes I will collect them. And instead of 300, I'll have 600. Exactly. <laughs> and you've been doing improv work. You know the answer is always yes. Yes, yes and. <laughs> yes, and is always the answer. It's yes, yes and. Yes, and four. Yes, and more. Yeah. <laughs> See, damn you. Now I'm gonna have to. Now I'm gonna start thinking of figure collecting as improv. It's now. Now I'm done. That's it. <laughs> yes. It's, it's, like, I have so many Marvel Legends. Like it's scary. I don't want to count how many I have. And I'm still greedy for ones we don't have. Like I'm like we live in this incredible toy renaissance. I would have killed as a child to have fifty of these figures. And yeah. Now I've got five hundred. You know, or whatever it is. <laughs> And I'm still greedy. Like, why haven't they made Rick Jones? Or why haven't they made this person? Or why, why haven't, haven't they done this? Frogman. Yeah, right. He's Toad. Oh, yeah, why haven't man. they made Toad? Like, there's so many like great characters that have never been made. And um, you know, so I feel greedy and grateful at the same time. I guess that's where we are in culture right we're now. Gonna be, we're going to be we're going to be 85 still doing this. There's no reason that we um, have to stop. You know. No, yes. <laughs> the, that's what is, true. So, what is the one He-Man toy you guys want to be buried with? <gasps> oh god because i was just that's looking a... at the toy that i want to be buried with and that's my black star ice castle that's a good question so uh, not even the is figures gonna... just the ice castle itself i want to be buried with that <laughs> is that gonna fit in the coffin like that? yeah probably it fit right on top i mean just push, just push it down yeah, it's very breakable just crush it on top i mean it's oh. dust can lay with me for oh I, I know what my answer is um Uh-oh. my vintage starburst shira figure because that was, I wasn't literally allowed to have She-Ra figures as a kid, as we've discussed, and that was one of the ones. My grandmother bought me that two-pack of, of her and Crystal Swiftwind, and my mother almost had a coronary. 
Um, but I was allowed to keep it. And, uh, and yeah, that was a special figure for me. That's awesome. Danielle, yeah. what, which one, which one's going to the grave with you? Ooh, of course, boy, you'll be wow. from beyond the grave because you like horror. <laughs> That's right. I will rise with my That's figure right. in my Darn hand. Right. Uh, probably, um, instead of going with a sentimental figure, I'm going to go with a sentimental character. And I am going to say my classics Orko figure because oh, I really, yeah. I really love that Orko figure. Yeah. And so. the variant, of course, you got to have both. Yes, both the, 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 the one that the disappearing one. Yes. One in each hand. One in each yes. hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the disappearing one is more color accurate, I think. That disappearing yeah. one was my uncle Montork uh, for a while because I had custom pieces. Now, oh. but now I have a real one. Yay! <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that I have to, is great. I have yeah. to go because I have to pick up my son at kid care. God, you Real been life. taking care of your child. Yeah. This is so annoying. Every yeah. time. How, how old is Christian, Christian now? He'll he'll be four at the end of next month. Wow. Yeah, time are, flies. Are you gonna bring <laughs> Are you gonna bring him to PowerCon? He's super into He Man and Shiva right now. Like he's he's and I haven't I haven't pushed it other than just letting him have access to the shows and like letting him see the toys. But he <laughs> really loves them. Um, he likes the new Shiva cartoon a lot. He likes the old ones a lot. Awesome. He um yeah he even likes the live action movie. Um, he sat there mesmerized, which shocked me. I did not expect <laughs> that. Wow. Um, That's because Kenny yeah, Films just... knows how to make a movie. That's why. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, he. Um, I would love to bring him at some point. I think he's too young still to kind of really get it. But mm -hmm. maybe when he's five. Yeah. Um, I think because I remember being five and I remember stuff from when I was five. Being oh, yeah. at like Disney and being able to absorb it and really understand. Sure. And, yeah. and um, I think that would be a nice, uh, you know, belated birthday gift for him or something. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. No, he's he's super into it. That's really cool. Well, I have no children, but one day, if I do, they will definitely be going to all those places with me. Um, we will be sharing a giant toy room. Um, yeah. <laughs> or for Ryan Charles Rooney, if you and I ever get married, we can have a really large toy room. That'd be pretty yes. exciting. Don't uh, tempt me. Just dump our spouses down, and we can get married just for the toys. And, oh, also, we can man. share so those. People get, nice so people too, get married the for the money, but... No, it's the getting uh, married for the toys is more. We'll, we'll have a. It'll be like an old school like kingdom marriage. We're like, our oh, kingdom is massive. We have everything. Well, you're gonna have this new Snake Mountain, and you have Eternia. So I think mm -hmm. that and those we'll are, like, have those all are play the play sets though. that I don't have. And you can you know hang out with all the ones that I do have. Yes. So. <laughs> um, but no, Danielle, thank you so much for being here with us and chatting about He Man. I know this uh, scratches uh, BCR Duke's itch. Quite a bit. <laughs> um, well, and we do have a lot of great He-Man listeners um, all over the world, so it's nice yes. to be here and chat about uh, it. Guys, thank you so much for having me on. It's it's an absolute pleasure chatting with you. Uh, Likewise. And, uh, I enjoy your show a lot. I keep up the wonderful work, and uh, I look forward to listening to future episodes, and I look forward to seeing you at PowerCon, Brian. Yes, I'm, I'm so excited. I, 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 you're always a highlight for me. Like, you're uh, you're one of my like. I must see this person and hang out with them. Aww. So I thank you. I, <laughs> Anybody I just thank you for being a friend. Say master's degree in English doesn't work out for you. It does. <laughs> 
True. <laughs> Just don't tell Yadwiga Smith that I'm missing <laughs> <a break>. Exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, and if you hilarious. haven't already, check us out on Instagram at Each Sold Separately Podcast. Yes, Each Sold Separately and, Podcast. You can also find us on Facebook. You can find Brian Charles Rooney and myself. And you, of course, find Penny Dreadful on Facebook and all over the internet. Just look up Penny Dreadful. And you can also look up Danielle on Google, and it'll just pop up all kinds of great stuff. So please look up those episodes, and we'll see you guys next time on Each All Typically. Collect them all, and Action Figure Podcast. What do we have here? It's Castle Grayskull. And it's mine. That's so fast, Beastman. He-Man! You can pit He-Man against Beastman playing for the power of Castle Grayskull. You have to put the castle together. Beastman's escaping. The throne, Dad. Dad, you saved the castle! Castle Grayskull from the Masters of the Universe collection. He-Man and Beastman each sold separately from Mattel. You can pretend when trouble threatens. Crystal Swift will call. Stop her, She-Ra. She always hears and saves us Separately, you put it together. Sure, saves the world again. The fate of the world in the hands of one beautiful girl. Princess of power. Her sold separately from Mattel.